I don't know if that's a new feature on the Instagram machine, but it just gave me a count-in. Felt very professional. The only thing it missed was having a clapper to sync the audio, which thankfully I don't need to do. Not on this, the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. Hey, how you guys doing? It's the long weekend there last weekend, and I uh, didn't record on Monday, did I? No, sir, because I tend not to. I enjoyed uh, some beach time with some good friends. That's what I did. And I got a story to tell with, uh, it's going to be the PSA today, but uh, it has nothing to do with beer and everything to do with your safety and how safe I want to keep you. Whoa, look at this. People are flying in from everywhere right now. Hello to one and all. Uh, you know what? Let's get to this. Let's, let's, let's uh, cut to the chase. You know the deal. This is my friend Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers. Check out our theme. theme and it sounds like there's a jet plane flying over my house right now leaving on a jet plane that's a popular song <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that okay the PSA will explain this but you got to bear with me I'm I've got a mild concussion right now I'm getting a lot better improving every day but this is the end of the day this is normally when my concussion symptoms are at their worst the first day I've been back at work since last Wednesday. I'm a little tired. I'm a little foggy. I just came from the kids' rugby practice. Like, it's not ideal. Anyway, that's a teaser, kids. That's what we call a teaser. Now, the only problem is I might get to the PSA and forget what it was I was going to talk about because it's that kind of a concussion. Uh, so let's... I swear to God, it's not this bad. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I feel fine. Let's drink this beer. Look what I got here. We're going two for two on Sawdust City Beers. As I mentioned, my good friend Sam sent me down some beers. And uh, while I appreciate them and thanked him for them directly, I also like to give them a little love on the old uh, pod. So this, I should have said this while I was holding it up to the camera, is Beard of Zeus Barrel-Aged Barley Wine. Now, let me get the pour done and I'll discuss this. Kids watching at home, you like that? Look at the color on that. It is like iced tea brown. It actually looks a little closer to cola brown on the cameras, but believe me, it is not quite that brown. It's a little lighter than that. More like a dark iced tea. Does not smell like a dark iced tea. These delightful, delicious aromas wafting off of it and touching me in my olfactory nerves. Um, that sounded a little dirty. Uh, look, guys. It's cool out there right now, which is very nice. It was it was downright brisk at the rugby training, and I liked every minute. Yes, I'm wearing a tank top because I'm active while I'm there. It keeps me warm, but my wife was wearing a T-shirt and felt a little cold. It's that time of year, August, crisp mornings, cool evenings. This is the kind of time of summer when you, you put on a nice warm sweater and hang out around a campfire and play a guitar. That's the best time of summer, some might say. But 
that's not why I'm drinking the barley wine. I did not keep it for tonight. I just kept it around, thought I'll save it for the pod. It's getting cooler. I am not into seasonality with beer. You know that. I get it. Some people like to drink stouts in the winter. That's fine. That's your prerogative. I like to drink stouts in the summer and the winter. I like to drink barley wines in the summer and the winter. But I will admit, a nice warming, what did we say this was? We didn't say it yet, but I know it. 10.9% alcohol by volume. A nice, basically 11% barley wine with some real barrel-aged characteristics, if I know Sammy. It does feel warming and comforting when it's a bit crisp out. And so it works in this context, but it also works on a hot day in summer. So just bear that in mind. But yes, this is the time of year when one's thoughts turn to those higher proof beers, maybe a little maltier, boozy. Again, some barrel age. Oh, that does do nice things to a beer. But that's not why we're drinking this tonight. We're drinking this tonight because Sam sent it to me and I like it. It's a damn good beer. So I'm going to stick my nose in it and tell you all about it. <laughs> wow. Right out of the gate. Just. This is not a beer for the faint of heart. OK, so uh, immediately uh, barrel bourbony, vanilla, uh, maybe some leathery qualities. But definitely oaky really uh, chewy, uh, caramelly malts, but getting into brown bread, maybe even touching on pumpernickel. Um, uh, toast, so breadiness, but it's been toasted. Sort of grassy note, could be hops, could be. This is probably a New World Barley one. It's going to have a hop presence, I don't doubt. But yeah, jamminess. Um, yeah, like dark fruit, like jammy, uh, pr uh, not not prunes, maybe a bit prune. Raisiny. Yeah, somewhere between a raisin and a prune. Oh, actually, maybe even a little dried apricot, to be honest with you. There's a touch of pear that might be coming off of the yeast. Could be. Oh, man, there's something else in there. OK, I'm going to take it to the taste because I'm impatient. Mmm. That really is perfect. Or as perfect as I need it to be. Whew, that's warming. Need another sip. Hang on a sec. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Mmm. Okay. Still initial impressions is the barrel. I'm assuming that's a bourbon barrel. Tastes of spirit whiskey sort of, but with a lot of vanilla, which is often a flavor component that you get from the barrel, particularly in the context of bourbon, which I'm going to have a guess that that's what this is. This is a bourbon barrel. Does it say bourbon barrel aged on it? No, it just said barrel aged. That's a guess. I'm not really getting any Venice notes, so I don't think it's a wine barrel. I, hmm. I, there's this sweetness that I'm getting off the malt now, in addition to that bready quality, and there's still that toast there. But it, it's almost, um, well, actually, it, it 
kicks a lot of like Munich kind of uh, taste, like Munich malt to my, my palate and maybe kind of Vienna-y as well. I, I suspect there's actually a fairly high concentration of probably both of those in there. There's also some crystal, and so I'm wondering if there's some carafa. It might have been like a carafa two, or maybe a very light dose of carafa three to give it that color. Three tends to give it a little bit of um, almost acridity or smokiness because it's very darkly roasted. So that's what I'm thinking. This is probably heavy Munich, maybe some Vienna and maybe some Carafa too to give it that caramelly, but also that color. That said, I could be wrong about that last one. And that caramelly note could actually be coming because this is a rum barrel. Because that sugary quality is a little reminiscent of rum. And if this were a rum barrel, that would make a lot of sense too. So... Bear that in mind. Hmm. The fruity qualities. Oh, there's that leather in there, by the way, too, which is, I'm going to say interfering. It's masking almost a little bit. I keep getting these hits. I still get a bit of that fresh pear, but I almost get like a stewed apple now, which is interesting because I'm still getting that raisiny plummy thing, but they, they feel almost connected. Um, so there's something going on in there with that. Don't know what. Mm. And yeah, there's this earthy. It's not funky like Brett. But there's this touch of something that almost. Oh, I think it's yeast. Yeah, it's an almost umami. Yeah, I think it's the yeast. Ah. Uh, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like nutritional yeast, which is yeast. So that makes sense. It's not into the territory of soy saucy yet, which barley wines can get to. You can get to like a soy sauce thing um, or like uh, like a Marmite, which again is a yeast extract. It's like yeast turned up to 12. It's not quite there. It's funny because the nutritional yeast thing, what got me to yeast and what made me connect it was my thought was. It's almost cheesy, but cheesy implies like a bacterial thing. And it's not that it's almost the proteiny part of cheese, which is why we use nutritional yeast as a as a cheese substitute in a lot of vegan cooking. It's not a substitute, but as a thing you can add to give a cheesy flavor. And it's something to do with those yeast proteins. And again, it's it's new mommy taste. This is not prevalent. It's there. You wouldn't have to go hard looking for it. It's one of those tastes that maybe you wouldn't pick up on right away. But the instant somebody says it's there, you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of taste that. It's on the back end of the palate. Kind of hits you in the side of the tongue on the way through. It's nice, though. It's pretty common in high proof beers. You'll get it in barley wines, get it in um, Imperial Stout sometimes or, or, or uh, Baltic Porters. Um, Less so in the Baltic porters because they're loggers that that tends to drop out more so in the Imperial Stout uh, territory and the barley wine territory. They're both ales. Kids remember lager yeast ferments cold, tends to get aged. And a lot of those uh, yeast brewing byproducts um, get uh, broken down in an, in an ale like this. Those byproducts become key flavor components. This is, I don't know what yeast, but if it got it up to basically 12%, it's probably not a stock English ale yeast. It's probably something with a little bit more pop than that. That said, 
that pear quality could still be coming off that yeast. That could also be something to do with the hops, to be honest with you. I suppose I still do get a touch of that earthy, grassy thing, which I also am attributing to the hops. That drinks almost more like it could be something from a noble hop. Like, I'm not getting a ton of spiciness, but something like a Hallertau or, or um, the other one that I always forget that's German. Anyway, um, there's, it's interesting. Now, I've been sipping this, like, what, probably a couple minutes. The initial impression is you get a very immediate, warm, boozy, whoo, kind of up your throat and out your mouth, um, which is nice, uh, but it's it's uh, very notable. After a couple of sips, that is all but gone. I'm aware that there's some alcoholic warmth to it, but some of these beers, they stay kind of hot the whole way through. This one doesn't. It's kind of settled down. It's quite nice. Mmm. Yeah, still chewy with some of that dark jammy fruit. But yeah, that that it's interesting too because that that yeasty cheesy thing I'm not really picking up so much on the on the aroma, but it's very I say very clearly there. Again, this is not one of the the top level tastes that you're going to get, but it's also not hiding. Like this isn't one of those exercises where I'm really flexing onion being like, "Oh, I taste eggplant parmesan." It's not like that. It's it's there. It's it's Pretty easy to spot if you go looking for it. Hmm. Interesting too. I mean, it's certainly a, a, a heavier body uh, mouthfeel than you know a PBR or something. But given its alcoholic weight, it's got less sugar to the body than you would expect. Um, it's it's only really probably medium bodied. And it's actually fairly low carbonated. Um, it's not a particularly aggressively carbonated. Like you can even see it hasn't supported head. It's it's not flat. There's still carbonation to it, but it's it's a very low carbonation, which is kind of nice, to be honest with you. I don't think I would like this to be too fizzy, especially with that alcoholic warmth. Too much fizz and it kind of vaporizes your nose. It's not what we're looking for. This is like I say, this is, I don't know, perfect's maybe a tough word, but it's over the perfect threshold, I'd say. Mm. It's funny, actually, thinking about what to eat with this. By the way, if you're just joining in, this is the Beard of Zeus. Uh, it's a barrel-aged barley wine from Sawdust City. Bless their souls. Yeah, you know what? As it's building, too, by the way, that umami thing is mixing with some of the hops. There's a clear alpha acid bitterness building in, in my mouth right now. Sometimes you kind of have to stop drinking for a minute to, to realize that it's, it's more on the finish. Once sort of the sweetness of the beer is calmed down, the very distant end of it, you're left with a bit of, uh, yeah, an earthy, hoppy, slightly umami kind of mouthfeel thing going. Gosh, that's tasty. I'm trying now not to drink the whole thing during the ep because... Um, my first thought with this for what to eat with it is uh, cheese. <laughs> Not just because of that umami thing, but it's certainly playing into it. But you can get crazy with cheeses with this beer, and it's going to keep up. Big, dirty, funky, cloth-bound cheddars, definitely. Weird, cave-aged Belgian things, go there unpasteurized brie that's incredibly fatty and also stinky yeah that's gonna work 
Beamster XO, it it will be fine. The beer is going to keep up. It's not going to get lost with that cheese. And funny enough, I mean, I'm not having it with super fancy cheese, but my dinner that's warming in the oven for me right now as I'm recording this is a homemade macaroni and cheese that Erica made, and I think it's going to go really well with this beer, which is why I don't want to finish this beer until I get to have it with a bit of that mac and cheese. I think that's going to work really well, uh, especially if you do it, if you make it, and you really do get a little fancy with that cheese. You want to make a really nice homemade mac and cheese without having to like go to a hippie cheese store grab uh some emmentaler or swiss cheese if you prefer uh from your your grocery store they'll have it it's got the big holes in it you know the one grab a bit of that and then grab something that's just got some interesting characteristics to it so that could be like a nice jarlsberg that could be a beamster don't get into the xo category just something with a little bit more heft to it that could be like an irish style cheddar that'd be really nice but the two, you want the two together. The uh, the Emmental has some nice nuttiness to it. It's an interesting cheese, but it's got um, the protein chains to get the really stretchy, long cheese pull. The other thing that you're putting in probably doesn't. That's where all the, the, the real character is going to come from. But the two of those together in a homemade mac and cheese is something special. Incidentally, that same cheese pairing combination, Emmental with something else. In this context, you could sub the Emmental for like Gruyere if you wanted. Also makes a really, really, really good uh, grilled cheese sandwich. Just putting that out there. Incidentally, by the way, this uh, beer would probably be pretty good with blue cheese too. It would keep up. I know for a lot of people that's very counterintuitive. They tend to think that the blue cheese, you'd have to get into something like a Belgian white or something. But actually, Imperial Stouts and Barley Wines go fantastically well with like a salty blue cheese. So you could do that too. That would be delicious with this. Get in there and do it. That's what I'm going to do in just a few minutes. This is, this is going to be a short one, by the way. I got to get to the PSA still. But this is Beard of Zeus Barrel Aged Barley Wine from Sawdust City. It is available right now at the brewery. It is available in the online shop for order. I don't believe it's available at the LCBO. It's definitely not available at the beer store. I don't think they would sell a lot of it because it's just not what the beer store's into. Interesting, I just started to look. Wait a minute. I've been saying this is Sawdust City. This isn't Sawdust City. This is Great Lakes. Oh. Guys, I told you I had a concussion. I didn't realize how bad. Holy frig. I bought that at Great Lakes a couple weeks ago. I think. I just looked at it. I'm like, it says Great Lakes. Because I looked and I went... Oh, that's interesting. Normally Sawdust puts more information about what's in the beer. And then I noticed the Great Lakes logo right next to the ingredients. Uh, okay, well, you know what? It's time to get into the PSA. By the way, this is Beard of Zeus barrel-aged barley wine from Great Lakes, not Sawdust City. Uh, what a knob. Anyway, uh... Just reading the back now. Delicious. It's really good. Thanks, Great Lakes. Sorry I was attributing the sawdust. It's fantastic. Frig. Uh, okay, PSA time. Last Wednesday, I was biking home from work. 
on the Martin Goodman Recreation Trail, which some people erroneously refer to as the bike path. Uh, including myself, I used to, but I realized that that wording was not inclusive enough because the reality is anyone can use that recreation trail to recreate if they like. That could include walking, jogging, running. That could include pushing a stroller, pulling a wagon. That could be rollerblading, could be roller skating, could be bicycling, bike path. Those are all perfectly acceptable ways to recreate on the recreation trail. Things that are not allowed on the recreation trail are uh, being a jerk and walking six people abreast right across the trail so no one else can get by you. That's not good etiquette. Uh, also, using anything motorized. There are a number of signs uh, being very specific about that, and uh, while that's not enforced, it is in fact a rule. Some people, I think, read that and assume what that means is you can't use something with a gas-powered engine, but that is not what the word motorized means. That means something that is motorized, which includes electric motors, which includes e-scooters and segways and one-wheels and e-bikes. Even a regular bike that you've got uh, an assist motor on, you cannot be using the assist motor on the bike path, which we call the recreation trail now. Now, I'm not saying for a second that every cyclist and every rollerblader and every runner and every stroller pusher is responsible and makes the best decisions all the time. They don't. We're all human. We all make mistakes. But when you're doing something that's against the rules and you make bad mistakes, it makes them even worse. And that's what happened to me on Wednesday. I was cycling home eastbound along the Martin Goodman Recreation Trail in the beach. I actually saw coming towards me a pair of e-scooters. They weren't side by side. They were one and two. And with literally the last possible second to still do it and cause a problem, the second scooter swerved into my lane and we slammed together head on. It was, I'm told by the onlookers, a horrific crash. Multiple people came over, not because they saw the crash, but because they heard our bodies slamming together. And a few of them genuinely were surprised that uh, either of us were moving. It was apparently a pretty bad crash. Thankfully, I had just enough time to slightly adjust my head and shoulder, and I basically treated it like a tackle. And when I, I say came to, I don't think I lost consciousness, but I certainly spent a good 20 seconds lying on the ground breathing and doing a quick self-check trying to figure out what had broken and it was nothing when I got up my bike and the e-scooter were sort of tangled with each other I was right next to them like within touching distance of my bike and the gentleman who'd been riding the e-scooter was about three meters behind the e-scooter so while I didn't see it happen I suspect I bounced him a couple of meters behind his e-scooter I think the e-scooter was a write-off. I hope it was because they're a nuisance and the one less of them in the world is a fine thing from my books. I, on the other hand, came out relatively unscathed. Unfortunately, the parts that were scathed were some soft tissue damage in my neck and shoulder uh, and a mild concussion. Not because I hit my head so much, but I think because of the rapid deceleration. I probably snapped my head forward uh, and picked up the concussion from that. Because I've had so many, it's very easy to get another concussion at this point in my life. I'm also very familiar with what concussions feel like, and within about three minutes of the accident, I thought, oh, I'm a little concussed. Anyhow, uh, 
That was Wednesday. I took off Thursday thinking I'd go back to work on Friday, but I ended up needing to take Friday off too because the one thing with the immediate aftermath of a, con a concussion is you just need to rest your brain. Um, you need to take it easy. The old school thought, and by old school, I'm only talking a few years ago, which is you have to um, ensconce yourself in a dark room with no sound, no lights, including screens, no books, no nothing for six to eight weeks. That is bunk. That is garbage. That, in fact, probably makes the long term prognosis of your concussion worse. What you actually want to do is in the immediate traumatic phase afterwards, rest and relax and do whatever you need to prevent your head from hurting. And uh, within about 48 hours, you want to start doing life again um, as much as possible without causing your head to hurt. Basically, um, your head's going to hurt anyway, but you don't want to do things that actively make it hurt. So I took off Friday and, or Thursday and Friday. Saturday, I went along to the men's rugby game and watched. Did not participate, do not worry. Uh, just watched and supported. And then Sunday, went and coached a, a tournament uh, out in Whitby with the little guys, uh, which sadly involved, at the beginning, uh, me getting my head clonked by the trunk of the car, which um, pasted me to the ground for about 30 to 45 seconds. Um, I'd say writhing in pain, but actually what I was doing was trying to move as little as possible because my head hurt so much. Um, so had a little uh, little setback in the recovery there. But uh, I did wake up today feeling not too bad. And I went to the chiropractor today and she did a whole lot of things in my neck and I'm feeling a lot better. And I'm going back on Wednesday for her to finish the job once we can get some of this inflammation down. Um, PSA today, kids, is twofold. The first... And I don't think there's an importance thing here, but it's the one I want to talk about first because I really want to drill in the second. The first is e-scooters are illegal in Toronto. They're only allowed on private property. You cannot ride them in public spaces. That includes streets, sidewalks, and recreation trails. If you do that, you are not a good person. You are blatantly breaking the rules. Yes, I know police don't enforce those bylaws, and so that creates a sense that it's a victimless crime, but it's not. There are reasons why we have these rules, and one of them is public safety. So, please stop doing that. I get it, you think it's cool, you think it's fun. Try doing something that you actually have to use your body for. It's good for you, and you still get to the place where you want to go. Am I a little bit pissed off about e-scooters right now? Yeah, I am. So, take that with a grain of salt. But stop, for the love of God, get a bike, get a skateboard, do something that requires you to use your body. And that PSA. The second and much, 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 much more important one is when you do that thing, when you're on that bicycle or that skateboard or those rollerblades or whatever it is, wear a helmet. I was wearing a properly fitted, approved bike helmet. It is in perfect condition. Actually, it's getting a little old. I need to replace it. Some of the straps are getting a little worn and stuff, but the integrity of the actual helmet that protects my head is perfectly intact. As I said, I didn't hit my head. I think the concussion was just from the snap of the deceleration. I was going just under 20 kilometers an hour, and I stopped that forward motion in about a meter. That's gonna cause some problems in your brain. My helmet, on the other hand, was unscathed, which is great, but if it had been scathed, what that would have meant was it got scathed, not my head. 
Helmets are cheap. I actually think in Canada, you're not allowed to make a profit off of a helmet. You have to sell it for cost, basically. Buy a helmet and wear it. Don't hang it off your handlebars. It's not going to magically flip up and land on your head just in time to save the day. You have to wear it. You wear a helmet, not because you're a bad cyclist or a bad skateboarder or a bad rollerblader or whatever. You wear it because there are idiots out there who will randomly swerve across the bike path with no time for you to react and they will slam into you. And the only thing that might be the difference between an ambulance ride and walking yourself home like I did could well be the helmet on your head. Again, they're cheap, they're easy to find, and they, they don't do anything but good when you wear them. So wear a helmet when you're on a bike or rollerblades or a skateboard or whatever, okay? I would say wear a helmet when you're on your e-scooter, but only do that if you're on your e-scooter on private property, because remember, you're not using that on public property because it's against the law in Toronto, okay? That's the PSA. The most important thing, guys, wear your helmet. Wear it when you're skating on ice, wear it when you're skiing and snowboarding, we think now my, my head count is like nine or 10 for concussions. That is not good. Like I tend to joke around about it and lament the fact that I just did a whole bloody podcast attributing this beer to Sawdust City, even though it clearly says on the label, Great Lakes Brewery. And I've looked at the label multiple times while I've been doing this. Like I do tend to kind of jest about that sort of thing, but that's kind of scary and and it's bad now and it's going to be so much worse later i do not look forward to what my brain is going to do to me when i get to the age when dementia might be a thing right i'm nowhere near the level of a professional football player or a hockey player when you're talking about cte or whatever but having had that many traumatic brain injuries is a bad thing it is not good and the easiest way to prevent it is to wear a helmet to be fair Many of my concussions have been in contexts where you wouldn't be wearing a helmet, but there are a few where I should have been. I've definitely gotten concussed skateboarding and snowboarding when I wasn't wearing a helmet when I was a lot younger. So wear a helmet, wear a helmet, get, get one and wear it. It's so easy. I, I made an Instagram post the day of the accident and it, it, I was thinking about it and it occurred to me, I wear my bike helmet probably more than any other article of clothing I own if you consider a helmet a piece of clothing. I wear it five days a week, 52 weeks a year. Actually, that's not true. When I'm on holiday, I don't ride my bike as much. But if I get on my bike, if I'm biking six minutes over to the LCBO, I put on my helmet. Like, you just need to get into the habit of always, always, always wearing a helmet. Like I said, this accident, it didn't look like my helmet did much, which is great. But if it had, it genuinely could have been the difference between hospitalization and not. Head injuries are scary, guys. Don't let them happen to you. Wear a helmet, wear a helmet, wear a helmet, wear a helmet. And buy this delicious beer. It is the Beard of Zeus, which is available from Great Lakes Brewery, probably at the brew pub downtown, probably available online for order, and once again, probably still not at the LCBO or the beer store, but I could be wrong about that. Great Lakes, I am sorry I introduced this as being from Sawdust City. I beg that you forgive me, and again, not making light of this, my somewhat damaged brain. Um, that is a very real-life lesson in the things that your brain can suffer due to traumatic injury. On that happy note, 
let's shut it down for the night. Friends, I will be back next week. I will be drinking a beer. Hopefully, I will know what brewery it's from. <laughs> oh, that's that's a shocker right there. Uh, and we'll be talking about beer, and we'll be talking about food, and we'll be talking about events. There's a great one coming up. I'll tease it for you. The Craft Beer Midway at the X is coming. Go visit our friend Jordan St. John. He will sell you tokens. You will use them to buy beer. It will be great. You will have a ball. Plus, you'll be at the X, and it's a ton of fun. We'll talk more about that. We'll talk about a beer. We'll talk about this album, this record. This is Link Ray Gun off of We Are the Curry Brothers. As always, the link is in the description. Buy this EP. It is so damn good. Listen to it. Enjoy it. Listen to it when you have a head injury. Hopefully you don't, because you're wearing your helmet. And please, before you buy this beer, before you, well, maybe buy the Curry Brothers record first, but then buy a helmet if you don't own one, a bike helmet, a ski helmet, whatever it is you do, buy a helmet and wear it, please. You never know what everyone else is going to do. And it could be the difference between a hospital stay and not. That's it. We're done. Take care of yourself by wearing a helmet. Take care of your friends by telling them to wear helmets. Uh, yell at people who are riding bikes with helmets on the handlebars. That's not how helmets work. Do whatever you need to do. Take care of each other out there. And you guys have a good week. I'll be back next week. And hopefully my brain will work better. Bye.